Hey, good afternoon. It's uh, Thursday, September 9, 2021. About uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Pretty nice day. Everything was, I'd say, decent, maybe better, until President Houseplant took to the podium and gave us his much-anticipated lecture on how things are going to be in the Socialist Republic of the United States. And as expected, Joe Biden has essentially mandated vaccines. I mean, it what he did today affects about 100 million Americans, so almost a third of the country will not be able to go to their place of work at a private business or corporation with more than 100 people without a vaccine. This is a desperate backdoor curveball attempt by Biden and his people through OSHA, right? So they're claiming without a vaccine, you're putting the safety of your coworkers and your customers at risk. And really, it's about workplace safety and protections, crap like that. The man actually had the nerve to say, and I quote, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The hell it isn't. I mean, you just took it away from people that want to keep their job. And this isn't just private companies now doing what they can do and saying, hey, if you want to work here, you have to get it. It's ugly. It's nasty. Could probably be a lawsuit at that level if it's just the company doing it and they fire you because you don't want a COVID vaccine. And if you provide a reason or just don't want to, you might win that case. I'm sure there is going to be massive class action lawsuits for people, including nurses and hospital staff. They lost their job because they didn't get the COVID vaccine. Well, now this guy, Superman mask Biden, has really upped the ante. He came out today and said in his own iron fist way that he will require companies of 100 employees or more to have all their staff, everyone working there, vaccinated. And then on top of it, he said every federal worker and every federal contractor. So if you, as a private citizen with a company medium size, doesn't matter if you're small and you've made bids to the government, you have government contracts on top of other business with the private sector. I mean, a lot of, from my my experience, government contractors are not solely government contractors, right? I mean, if you supply food to a military installation, right, to the chow hall, You have a government contract, and maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. That's how I've understood it, going back to when I was in the military. And so you might, I doubt you supply only food for that military base, but it's probably a very important contract for your business, right? Probably worth a lot of money. Government contracts are extremely valuable to businesses in America. They bid and compete for them. And there's a very detailed process in trying to make that competition, that bidding, fair and equitable. But it's definitely, a you know, low bids have a good shot, but they want quality too. 
But let's be real, there's a reason a lot of government buildings aren't the prettiest, right? I mean, they try. In some bases, they do a better job than others. Let's just say Air Force bases tend to be a little better looking than your local Army installation. And the guys in the Army will tell you that. You look at their base housing or at the Marine installations and you compare it to what enlisted personnel get at the Air Force with their Spanish tile roofs, I'd be a little irritated if I were in the Army or the Marine Corps. Be that as it may, back on point, you want those contracts. I mean, you bid because you want that business. It's good business. That check comes on time, right? Now, if you are a government, you have one contract. You supply food to the chow hall, but maybe to seven different hotels in your city, right? So let's say, let's say you're in Nevada and you provide food for the chow hall for the airmen to eat at Nellis Air Force Base but also have contracts with the Bellagio, with the Cosmopolitan, and other hotel casinos. You cannot continue to have that government contract if you don't prove that everyone employed in your company is vaccinated for COVID-19. And to quote Joe Biden, employers that don't comply will face substantial fines. So what's going on is the same thing the Democrats always do. They wage a war on small businesses. It, it is some, they don't like small businesses because small businesses are nimble, are free, and frankly, don't pay a lot of taxes. They shouldn't. They run on thin profit margins, especially when they're new, especially when they've had to get through COVID. And 100 employees is not necessarily, I would say, okay, that's not a small business, certainly not large. And, you know, if you start taking management, you take, let's say there's 20 people you consider management, plus you and a few executive members, you got 75 people that need their jobs and maybe have different reasons for why they're not vaccinated. Now, I'm sure a percentage of them are, but you have to have every one. What if you lose somebody who's really good and valuable to your company because of this mandate? This is horrifying. I hope I don't use that word too often, but I feel like it's appropriate right now. Joe Biden is taking a step right out of the communist playbook here. I mean, he is leveraging this, and it's purely political. I don't believe it's, hey, I want, we want it to, they don't know they're starting down a road that could destroy this country, right? We, we open this door for this kind of mandate and we start forcing people to get a vaccine. What's next? But I think it's purely political. Now, the cases were back up as of yesterday, according to the positive tests. But I'm interested here to see um, why they did this. I'm going to make a guess. They know, based on India and other places where Delta ran pretty rampant, I mean, they, they hammered India pretty bad. They were in the 500,000 case per day range. I mean, at our worst, we had a few days at 300. And that's India, where that 500,000 cases, quote, are really just the positive test. They were, you know, it's an indication of a massive spike. There were many more, probably a million or more per day in India. 
Delta really did a number on them. At the time Delta started a few months ago, India was only about 7% vaccinated. You're talking about a country with 1.8 to maybe even 2 billion people. They're never exactly sure. So who knows where it was at its worst, but they know it goes away quickly. Delta simmered out fast and they've been back to normal. Oh, for a few weeks now, they're normal being wearing masks, but doing everything else. I mean, they're traveling, they're flying, they're doing everything within the country of India. So I think Biden is doing this for political capital that he desperately needs soon and fast. We talked about the polls yesterday. The guy is under 40% per a poll from The Economist. 39% overall approval rating. And you break down the different categories, it's bad. So what he can do here is do something, right? It's all about activity. Whether it drives a result or not, the appearance of this delivering a result is what matters. So if they can time this when cases were already going to start correcting down, right? There's already a downward trend overall in the seven-day average if you look at the numbers. So the wave is up. It's crashing. It's like placing the surfboard and the surfer right in the middle of the wave, right on it. Hey, look what we did. We created this wave. Why? We're here. Look at where cases are declining, and this is what we did. They have no actual way of ever being anywhere certain that this will drive a result, and it's a result that's going to happen anyway. And it's amazing the man didn't mention once anything about natural immunity, which we know, based on the study in Israel, that natural immunity is better than the two Pfizer shots. That's, that's science. So why couldn't an employee, you know, again, this would be a mandate and an overreach if they did this too. But if it's, all, if it's about protecting people, then why wouldn't there be an opportunity for someone to show an antibody blood test result? Because the science backs it and supports that that person is not only unlikely to get COVID or get sick at all, they're just as protected and their immunity is just as good or better in protecting the people around them. So we know this has nothing to do with protecting people. This is about mandating an action, seizing some control, and then saying, hey, we did something our mandate, what we've done since the beginning with vaccines and testing, because that's what he talked about, has saved us from COVID. And they will not address anything about nat- natural immunity. And I'm disappointed, unless I missed it, in Jen Psaki's press conference. And of course, Biden ran away when there was an opportunity. Old man walking. But nobody asked today about natural immunity. Even before this address by Biden, everybody knew it was coming. It's an easy question. Will his mandate factor in people with natural immunity, which we know based on science, is better than two doses from Pfizer? This is why journalism is so damn easy. I could do it tomorrow. Simple question. They can't do it. Or they just forgot. Where's Fox? Where's Ducey on this one? I'm hoping when he gets a chance, he's with Biden. So you can't blame Peter Ducey from Fox News because as soon as he was done, Biden bolted. But one reporter asked out loud, if the vax mandate is constitutional, boom, that's the question. And I don't think it's going to be 24 hours 
by tomorrow evening, somebody like Ken Paxton from Texas, somebody on Rudy Giuliani's team, one of his protégés, is going to take this to federal court and they're going to they're going to get some kind of action against it and then the DOJ is going to fight it and this is going to the Supreme Court. There's no way. Especially with this current court that at least five justices don't overturn this. They're gambling on this. And and this is I think to go a little bit further, I don't want to go down a conspiracy theory role. But I'm not, I'm not going to pretend for any moment that the people who work for Joe Biden are stupid. That they don't have long-term strategic planning ability. They do. It's just horrifying what their end goal is. And I think somewhere in their planning is they're testing the waters with this to see what they can do with the Texas abortion ban. We talked about it a few days ago. I believe it was last week. That Texas has outlawed abortions past six weeks, the live heartbeat law. And it caused a nuclear meltdown amongst the greatest of all hypocrites, I believe, amongst the hypocrites on the left, and that is the white liberal female. I mean, they've got a lot of nerve. And if we're going to talk about privilege, there is no group with greater privilege because they want to say, do anything they want, the white liberal woman does, without any kind of accountability. They want to throw eggs at Larry Elder. Oh, they punched a person too yesterday at that same event. But God forbid you raise hands, and you should, regardless of gender, defend yourself vigorously against anybody who does something like that to you that they did to Larry Elder. But how dare you is their biggest defense. And I love how shocked they are when a few of them do get knocked out after they commit violent acts, after they commit crimes. And so here we have the white liberal feminist freaking out about the Texas abortion law. My body, my choice, they'll scream. Until today, I'm certain, to the last one of them, are upholding and supporting President Biden in this mandate. It's only their body, their choice, if it's something they agree with and are comfortable with. These women, these liberals, that entire group screaming about being stunning and brave and courageous are the biggest cowards and the weakest people on the massive political spectrum where we will deal. You take any group, they are the least courageous. They will only march when they have police protection. They will only scream when it's an issue that doesn't require them to sacrifice anything. It goes back to what I've said before. There's nothing easier than being a liberal. Well, I'll correct that. If you want to be more specific, there's nothing easier than being a white liberal female. Quote me anytime you want. And I encourage you to share that, especially with your white liberal female friends, because they'll freak out and ask them what they've sacrificed. The ones in Manhattan, the ones in LA, Santa Monica, San Francisco, it's ridiculous. They don't they don't they live in perfect harmony with their husbands and boyfriends wearing cardigans, making proclamations about what other people should do. And the ultimate example, the more classic OG is Nancy Pelosi, and the biggest, baddest newcomer amongst that group, although she's not considered white, okay, is Osorio Cortez, AOC. 
But let's be real. It kind of all gets, they all get into the same boat of soapbox victimhood. Right? AOC who went to Boston University. Right? I mean, we've talked about it. We know why she gets attention. It's not for the substance of anything she says. But that's my opener right there as we are now, we're in new territory as far as anything I can remember or I've ever read about in modern, modern times. Biden is mandating that people get a shot. He's, I mean, he's mandated vaccines. In February, he's quoted as saying he would never do it. Well, Biden says a lot of things he won't do that he ends up doing. But, you know, it's, it's going to be fun, in my opinion, to see the fight. Because Biden is certainly not coming from a position of strength politically with this. Nor is he coming from a position of strength with the $3.5 trillion infrastructure budget haul that only two Democrats, Manchin and Cinema, are resisting. And they're going to break them down to some level. But one of the nutcases in Congress, um, one of the Fab Five or fucked up four, whatever those women call themselves on the extreme left, I think there's five or it's, you know, depending on which concert venue they're playing, there's really only a fourth or the fifth is only invited to certain parties. But she's one of the ones that's also been suspected of, of Talib, Rashida Talib, who's like, said things that make you think she's probably a Taliban sympathizer, which is extremely ironic because she also identifies as a feminist. We'll throw her in that other category. She's practically white because of her privilege, her position of privilege. She thinks the 3.5 trillion isn't even enough. It's, it's, there's no lower floor. There's no negotiating. It, it could have been 10 trillion. I mean, listen to these people. And there are moderate Democrats, meaning based on registration only, who are not going to look at this the way the Biden administration wants to. They want people, they have such a cynical view of us, of the American people, that they think we can just be bought off with printed money. That the average American won't look at this and go, I just feel like this COVID stuff, these clear mandates that don't seem like they should be legal, on top of this big major government bailout, is pandering. We have to have some faith in that 10 to 15% that decide the president and major congressional races every election. Most of the people who will ever listen to me are probably going to vote Republican 99% of the time, me included. The people that hate us and think we're racist, which is closer to 40% of Americans. I'm sorry. I, I think that number I think there are over 100 million people, at least in this country, that think I'm a racist because I support Donald Trump and all the other things that come with it, all the other cliches, because I'm, you know, I, I meet some of them without giving away too much about me, which is probably obvious which categories I fall in and why I'm most likely the most hated, dangerous enemy to the United States, more so than ISIS or the Taliban, right? That old white rage stuff that nonsense that distracted our military and all those academic losers that I've known for a long time that have now risen to high ranks. I hope one of you hears this one day and maybe might know who I am because I'm talking to you. You ruined the military with your seminar, classroom, book-based view of how to run the operation that is designed to be dangerous, not safe, 
and to kill people and blow things up. I don't care what marketing you support for the army, that girl, that commercial, that they had to take down the comments that got hammered, the army recruiting video where the girl talks about having two moms in Santa Monica and how she's part of a Patriot missile battalion. How neat it must be, and this is, you know, I'm paraphrasing, she just gets to shoot down other objects and it's a really great calling because, you know, she marched for justice. It's this animated puke fest. If you haven't seen it, it's still up. Google army recruiting video, two moms or Patriot missile or I puked in my plate. It's awful. That's the military, the academics, the professor-based military officers have built all the way up to Millie, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That's where we're at. And uh, n- nobody, nobody is designed to handle proactively anything like Afghanistan in our leadership, and I'm sorry. And I made a mistake. I'm sure you know, if you heard about it, you may not be listening to this episode the lieutenant colonel I talked about, Scheller, he wasn't a lieutenant general. Big difference in rank. I read it wrong. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, still very high-ranking officer in the Marine Corps, he's the one that retired without benefits and lost his command because he spoke out against precisely what I'm talking about, right? The limp-wristed, academic, vanilla, military leadership that has been designed since the Obama administration made the military a social experiment. And under cover of all these other issues, Biden actually requested the resignation today of of a number of Trump-appointed military service academy board members, board approval members. So you think about West Point, Annapolis, the Naval Academy, right? Air Force Academy, the Coast Guard Academy. It's a very detailed, very rigorous and competitive application process. It requires congressional appointments. It's much more involved. And I would say probably the most, if not one of the most competitive college application um, you know, processes in the country. I'm sure it rivals the Ivy League and probably ranks right up there with the difficulty of getting accepted into Harvard. But before I talked about this, I was able to confirm that what Biden did today is unprecedented. So each president, when there's openings, they can appoint, and and people don't serve life terms on these boards, they can appoint people from their staff, donors, people they know, to be on these academy approval boards. And so there is a mix of Democrat appointed and Republican appointed, That's that's always the case. So when Trump's group, two of them were Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer, they were a couple of Trump's appointees to these military service academy approval boards. So it's supposed to be a mixed group. It makes sense. These are the people that shape who is going to be accepted into the most prestigious institutions for training military officers, right? You go to these academies, it's a four-year very challenging bachelor's degree. You have engineers, you have people that come out as pilots, obviously, um, in the Air Force. They come out in various different careers in the Navy, but they're commissioned officers, commissioned by the President of the United States. And so it's important that there's some balance on who is part of the acceptance process for these institutions. Well, absolutely not if you talk to the Democrat in power. Biden's team, it's, you know, they say it's Biden, delivered a demand 
that all of the Trump-appointed members of this board resign immediately. What's great is one particular lady is fighting it. And it's absolutely embarrassing. This, is, this has never been done that anyone can find on record. And it's an indication of how pathetic Biden's message of unity was when he took office. I mean, this is not a huge deal. It's, it's, so, it's so small time. It's so insignificant, really, to the bigger picture. But ideologically, it's a disgusting and kind of scary indication of how these people are thinking. That in their day, with all that's going on, with the shitstorm they created in Afghanistan, with COVID apparently being this national emergency now for, what, 18, 19 months. So we're in this horrifying situation, according to these people. And Biden talked about numbers today when he opened up his, his address. He talked about hospitals overflowing and emergency rooms. And like, yeah, in some areas they're crowded, but no one can ever really verify any hospital where they've turned people away because they're having a heart attack. It's one of those liberal legends inspired by the drive-by media that they know will never be accounted for. They know they never have to answer that. But with all this going on, Biden's team has enough time to draft letters to people like Sean Spicer and others, Trump appointees to this board, and demand that they resign. That was enough of a priority in their day that they did this. It's, it's pathetic. But again, listen to how I phrased it when I opened the, the discussion on this. I talked about there being balance. Talked about how it makes sense that Democrats and Republicans would have representatives on this board, that each president can appoint new people, and there's carryover from the last president. So me as a Republican conservative, listen to how I framed it. That 40%, the people you should no longer be hanging out with, the white wine, Chardonnay, blowing bubbles into their grape juice crowd, right? The white liberals, the ones that you should no longer be associating with, they would tell you opposite. They would tell you this makes total sense because we can't have people like Trump, the racist, bigot, homophobes, sitting on one of the most prestigious approval and acceptance boards in our academic core, our academic institutions. And they would support this because of how much more they know about what's good for our military officer education because we can't have anybody associated with Trump or those racist Republicans. They don't care about what you have to say. No matter what they tell you, they want you silenced. They want you to shut up. They're declaring war on the unvaccinated and they're declaring war on anyone and have since this crap about insurrection on January 6th, they've declared war on anyone who voted for Trump. I don't know what they expected would happen to the MAGA nation because we're not a group of people that responds to any kind of threat or mandate from a liberal. I'm inclined to disobey anything a liberal tells me I should do. I'm immediately suspect because they rarely have hard evidence. They typically make their decisions based on emotion. We talked about that before. Today, what Biden did is purely emotional. There's no science supporting what he did. If he would have talked about natural immunity, then he would have at least shown that they made an attempt to include recent data. They don't. They're going with the same playbook they drafted back in March 
right, of 2020. Were they in power? No. But they had Congress and they had the press. So their plan then was to leverage this to get Trump out. Nothing else mattered. They wanted it to go worse than they did. They wanted 2 million people to die under Trump. Don't kid yourself. The moment they saw that this could spill over from the ivory towers in New York and LA, remember Seattle, those were where it was worse, the worst in the beginning. Once they saw that this could spill over into red state America, they were pumped, aroused. You can see it in their tone and they still are when an unvaccinated person dies. And let, you know, that war will continue. And it's not just Biden. He has the elite. He's enlisted them. And I might put Howard Stern in the title of this episode because, you know, I didn't mention it in the beginning. I probably should. I try to do an overview, but sometimes these issues, when I just finished watching this address from Biden, it kind of take over in more of a monologue form. But Howard Stern is, I believe, the biggest sellout in the history of all things media. Going back to the very first day in the United States that ink was put on paper and distributed for informational purposes, I don't believe there has been a bigger sellout than Howard Stern, who I listened to on occasion. I used to listen to more when I wanted a break from all things serious. But over the past few years, probably past 10, in his elite way he has become hyper political but in the most cowardly sense you talk about somebody being liberal and picking the easy way on everything Howard Stern epitomizes the most cowardly on the left I mean the guy you know he watches a couple news shows here and there has very little substantive education on anything he's rarely informed he makes emotion-based decisions on the radio, and he's a multi-multi-hundred millionaire. So he's surrounded by sycophants who are going to tell him what he believes is gospel. He's very much like Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton that day. He just goes with what's comfortable. And he's too big, right? He has, his, he has two channels of his own on Sirius XM. I imagine millions of daily listeners. So if he loses a few, for political reasons, it doesn't matter. He's going to gain more sycophants. The guy just had the cast of Friends on. Okay, this is the guy who once employed a producer named Stuttering John back when he was a lot funnier. And he still has comedians and writers on his staff that are quite funny. Crass, yes. Some of the stuff they do, I laugh at, admittedly, but I don't go recommending it to people. I'm very careful. But he, he does some things well. I think he gives a great interview, right? When it's somebody from Hollywood and you might be... or you know, from anywhere from pop culture where you want to be, you want to learn about a backstory. He's very good. He's become excellent at that over the years. I'll give him credit. But he's still the biggest sellout in the history of media. He has now become, this is the guy that fought his way, similar to Rush Limbaugh, through the the streets of radio, right? And Howard Stern had it bad, right? I mean, he revolutionized what FM radio was. I mean, there is, I don't believe, satellite radio in its form today without Howard Stern. Because when he went over to Sirius back, I don't know, was it 16, probably even 17 years ago, 
I think he did it for about $100 million. I mean, he probably gets that at least every time he renews his contract. But as he's moved that way, been a longer resident of the nice neighborhoods in Manhattan, he has forgotten his past of being a rebel. The rebel who won, who defeated Don Imus. Guess what, Howard? You are Don Imus. We all know, if you listen to him lately, he would crush anybody like Howard Stern circa 1988. Howard Stern, 1988, 1990, wouldn't recognize the man referring to himself as Howard Stern in that Sirius XM studio today. And Howard's latest and most pathetic stance, and this has been developing for a while, is on vaccinations. He is downright violent and hateful about anyone who dares not be vaccinated. He's one of the worst And this is a guy who's such a coward. He has not worked in person with anybody since the pandemic. He's fully vaccinated. He just did an interview with Steve Martin and Martin Short, which I might watch. I might listen to because I love them. But I saw a video of it because you can watch on on his television website, Howard Stern TV. Martin Short and Steve Martin are sitting on a couch next to each other in this studio looking pretty cool looking room very comfortable with Howard on a big screen from some kind of bunker somewhere while he screams at people that get vaccinated has no depth of anything to know why anything is really happening with COVID he has no clue he is on his knees he's one of those knee pad Fauci guys who doesn't care that Fauci's been wrong on major issues 10 to a dozen times and continues to be wrong and data continues to prove Fauci wrong, Howard Stern doesn't care about that because the crowd he is now with, his network, is the elite ivory tower Manhattan liberal. He eats at Nobu, right? He's got the pretty wife who, in her busy schedule, is out there you know, fighting for animal rights, which I love, right? She's got this cat and dog shelter she speaks out for but again it's how cliche has the man become right divorced his longtime wife who went through all the shit with him allison right left her and has now got the supermodel beth ostromsky seems like a great lady family's from arizona but you know she must be a leftist and uh maybe she's not but she appears on the view right morning shows i mean howard talks about yentas makes fun of the women on The View, when he's no better than any of them himself. And he'll admit once in a while that he's acting like one. No, But now he's become one full-time. And I use him as an example because he's the most prominent I can think of when it comes to people who've sold out to the liberal elite cause. He's Mr. Issue of the Day, whatever's comfortable. And now he's out there wishing people dead because they don't want a COVID vaccine. That is a massive failure on his part and sadly millions and millions of americans agree with him millions of his listeners agree with him now we have the president of the united states waging war on the unvaccinated are we going to be drinking from different drinking fountains are we going to have different sections for seating on the bus or a train or an airplane does that sound a little familiar these are the people that lectured us on how trump was going to create muslim camps i remember the term sounded ridiculous and stupid And I can think of a number of people that I respected at one point who ranted and raved about that at the time as part of their social justice war against anybody who voted for Trump. And like many of their predictions back in 2017, 
it never came close to happening because it was asinine. Now the people they vote for are actually building the camps, are actually letting people come illegally, untested, unvaccinated across an open border. They don't care about them, the illegal aliens, the fentanyl. They care about you and where you're working. Get that damn vaccine. You could have had COVID twice. The data says you're safer than any of us. Me with my two Pfizer vaccines. Doesn't matter. It's not the science we like. Howard Stern, President Biden, and all of them, you better get the vaccine or you're fucking fired. That's where they're at. Shifting over to California before we close out, I got a couple more things I want to talk about. Newsom, if you look at the polls, is safe by around seven points. That makes me nervous, but I want to put things in perspective. If he's recalled, let's say he's recalled. Larry Elder is the presumptive winner because you don't, you don't need any kind of majority. Whoever gets the most votes of the recall candidates will be the governor. But it's only for a year. And let's, let's just say Larry wins. What is he going to be able to do? Now, it's going to be fun, and I want it bad. You've heard me talk about it. California needs a message. I want to see this as a bellwether for what's to come for the left. And Gavin Newsom going down in a recall ensures that he is dead for national office, right? He's the Disney villain. We want to see him go down. But if that happens, we can't spike the ball in any way. Larry's going to have nothing but an uphill battle because the California Democratic Party actually runs the state. They have infiltrated the assembly, all of the representatives, the legislation, is going to always be liberal, always be socialist. And so what is what is Larry going to do? Maybe make some appointments, maybe roll back some things via a govern, governor executive order, which are going to be legally challenged immediately in courts like the Ninth Circuit, which Trump has made a bit more conservative with some appointments, I think one or two, but still, it's a large panel of liberals and there are other circuit, federal circuit courts that the California leftists can go to right away to block just about anything Larry Elder does. But we still want it to happen. It's still worth it. And maybe it could lead to some little tiny, I'm not going to say shift, but step in a direction back to recovery away from the days where we are now of people roaming the streets of cities like LA and San Francisco, high on meth and God knows what else, shitting and pissing in the streets. It's a goddamn nightmare. Yet the left... Remember, they always live in high-rises. They live up above that. They tiptoe over it as they get to their condos while they walk their dogs. They don't care. They still find those areas of high... They're high value to live in because they're a bunch of sociopathic psychos. What is up with that? I mean, it's still going to be four, five, six, seven grand to rent any place decent per month in San Francisco, which is turned to, into a pit of hell. You're either going to step on someone's fecal matter or their needle. And it's a needle probably provided by the city. I was there a couple years ago. Not only do they provide them, they have employees every morning in like vests, like construction worker vests, walking the street to clean up the needles at like 6.30 a.m. It's part of life there. It's, it's a disaster. So we'll see. We're, what, five days away. It's a big day. It's going to be fun to watch. I've enjoyed, no matter what happens, I've enjoyed seeing Gavin Newsom be himself for all to see. It's gross. You don't see 
many people on a national level really wanting to align with him. Of course, Kamala went out there and cackled. Of course, Elizabeth Warren went out there and cackled. Of course, Joe Biden wandered out there, stumbled around, and now he's back lecturing us about COVID. They, they did what they're supposed to do. They just need to get their base to vote, to mail it in, to show up, and maybe they have enough to cheat too. Who knows? But with a seven-point poll lead, I'm nervous. I always figure they're plus three, even maybe four for Democrats in these weighted polls. They typically poll more Democrats, but seven's a pretty good lead, and that is saying it's a 7% advantage for voting no on the recall, which keeps Gavin Newsom in the governor's office, set up for almost a guaranteed re-election next November. On a final issue note, um, well, one, because I took a break there. Hopefully you didn't notice. I've gotten pretty good at that because it's not like I have commercials to reorganize the stories and what I want to talk about. I did see that a federal law enforcement association with about 30,000 members. So this is pretty interesting. It's the, let's see, the federal up top here. Federal Law Enforcement Association representing 30,000 law enforcement officers and agents opposed today's announcement of a vaccine mandate. Because remember, this was mandated for all federal employees. So this organization represents 30,000 law enforcement officers and federal employees. I don't know when it says law enforcement officers, I'm assuming because it's the Federal Law Enforcement Association, F-L-E-A. When they say law enforcement officers and agents, they're talking about all federal. So it's 30,000 people. I'm sure some percentage is already vaccinated and doesn't care. But to quote the president of the F-L-E-A, Biden's executive order villainizes employees for reasonable concerns and hesitancies and inserts the federal government into individual medical decisions. Exactly. People should not be made to feel uncomfortable for making a reasonable medical choice. Amen. That's from Larry Cosme, president of the FLEA. And they've already floated the idea of a lawsuit. They won't be the only ones. So as annoying as this is, I think Joe Biden and his idiot squad of infantile leftists have dove right into a pit of vipers with conservatives here. Thank thank God. Let's let them do it. Let's fight it out. He has the balls to do it. He needs to be able to fight it. And we're going to see him lose, I think. I think if this goes to the Supreme Court, it's going to be blocked. It's it's going to be another loss, just like Biden lost his fight in the Supreme Court regarding this stay in Mexico policy, which they're probably just going to ignore. But the Supreme Court upheld what Trump did for people crossing illegally, captured or no. This is for people applying for asylum in the United States and refugee status any kind of citizenship based on an emergency, they can do that. It's what this country's all about. But they have to wait in Mexico, not in the United States, where they can simply walk and disappear and not attend their hearings. That was a major move, a positive move for this country by the Trump administration. And with Biden overturning it at the same time, he himself encouraged people to come here and flock illegally. We all saw the Biden let me in shirts. We know he caused it. He know he caused it and has done nothing to really abate this disaster. But on a culture issue, this one gets on gets under my skin. I'm sure it will you. The National Archives, I didn't know, but of course they should, have a racism task force. And they had a meeting in May and another meeting recently 
to remove the phrase, quote, charters of freedom, unquote, as a descriptor for documents such as the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. They don't like this. They think it's racist to call those historical cherished documents charters of freedom because, and I quote, they didn't result in freedom for anyone. Or no, for everyone. Boo effing who? Because they certainly did. Maybe not exactly the way you wanted it to be at the time, which sucks. And I'm sorry for that, kinda. Wasn't there. Nobody I knew was there. It's 2021. So I'm sorry it wasn't considered freedom for everyone at the time because it certainly is today. And they are charters of freedom for today. And they are probably going to succeed the National Archives in removing that descriptor because they want their precious feelings protected and they love to rewrite history. Trump was right. It isn't going to ever stop once you give them an inch. The statues were the beginning, right? It started with Confederate. It's going to be Columbus. It's already been Lincoln. Hell, these idiots pulled down a statue of an abolitionist, somebody who fought to free slaves. They don't know what they're doing. They want Ulysses S. Grant down, the guy that led the Union Army to victory. And I'll close with this point because I've read as much as I can about it, and I heard something great today. It was on the show, the two guys that are in Rush Limbaugh's segment, um, Bucks, I, I feel bad. I don't remember their names. They're great. I listen to them on occasion. I try to as much as I can. And one of them made a great point about the decision people made on choosing sides during the Civil War. This was almost entirely based on where you lived, right? They talked about the incursion, right? The attack on states' rights and the rights of an individual state, which were like countries at the time. So Robert E. Lee was a big Virginia guy. Lincoln had asked him to lead the Union Army. Robert E. Lee was loyal to Virginia. I'm sorry, people weren't on Facebook or on Twitter back in the 19th century, back before this all jumped off, to see all of the issues and decide they were pro-slavery and going to join the Confederacy. No. If you lived in Mississippi or Missouri or anywhere in the South, Georgia, and you felt the Union Army Federalists were coming to take your land, take your home, and exert control over you without proper representation. Sound kind of familiar? It hadn't been that long since we kicked the teeth out of the British. And here they come. What do you think? You, you, you got walked off your farm, asked around, and wanted to know the compelling issues of the day for the Union side and the Confederate side, and you were going to decide? Now, they want to hold people accountable mostly because they fought for the state they lived in. Probably 99% of them chose their side based on that. Sorry, guys, it wasn't for anything else. It wasn't really for social justice. I'm glad the Confederates lost. Slavery's horrible, and I think we're better as a union. But let's be honest. If I lived in Virginia, in, this, in a town, not owning slaves, with a shop, maybe I'd be a blacksmith. And my life was good. I'm already paying some kind of tax to the state of Virginia. Whose side would I be on as the Union Army marched down? Now, maybe as time went by and as I understood what was happening on plantations and what slavery was, I might have flipped. And I would have learned to live with it. But who knows? 
And we're trying to put that accountability on people today. It's a joke. And now the National Archives wants to remove a description of, as, of the Constitution, of the Bill of Rights, of the Declaration of Independence as charters of freedom. Again, priorities. These people cannot prioritize anything. With all that's going on, Biden has people trying to get Military Service Academy board members fired. It's never been done. They don't care. It's all one big social experiment. They want to rewrite everything we cherish about our history. And they're going to succeed if they keep finding ways to win elections. We can't stop it otherwise. So there's reason to be nervous. There's reason to be scared. But overall, hopefully things aren't that bad for you. Hopefully we can still laugh at each other, at ourselves. Certainly there's a lot to laugh about if we don't take it too seriously in the news. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I'll get the broadcast out a little bit early. I had a slight delay today, but it shouldn't shouldn't change how anything sounded. It's pretty easy to edit together. Please have a great evening. Right now it's about it's 5.30 p.m. out there Pacific time. I hope you guys are doing well wherever you're listening from. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Have a great night.